Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank. With your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors, and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. This week on All About Affordable NFTs. I like being able to say this week. I, you know, we've relaxed. I know you're, you're, on, you're on high alert. I was alert. just thinking that. I was thinking that. <laughs> I saw it in his eyes. He said week, but we've, we've relaxed. No, it's nice. Why? Because NFT news has relaxed a little bit. So we've, we didn't need three a week. I know the fans demanded it, but look, we have, we have personal lives. We have stuff to do. So you get once a week, usually. Anyway... I don't know anything. Uh, anything new in your bank account? <laughs> oh man! This week we're talking man. about NFT bank runs. If you still and have all your the games, man, what a week! What a weekend! Oh, that was, yeah. A lot of people weren't sure what was going on over that that we uh, this past weekend with uh, Silicon Valley Bank shut down. Uh, a lot of startups, a lot of crypto companies, not sure uh, what their what Monday might hold. Uh, it's been an interesting run and. After all this, we've seen crypto prices uh, take off. It's been quite a turnaround. Sure, because <laughs> sure. that all makes sense. But to summarize, you know, we're we're into the news here. You know, in in one short week, uh, we lost not one, not two, but three crypto banks: uh, Silvergate, uh, Silicon Valley Bank, and then Signature. Uh, you know, Signature Bank New York. I mean, they are all crypto friendly. I would say banks and there's a little bit of suspicion about whether or not uh, signature bank was basically like an opportunity that the government took on operation choke point to get rid of crypto onboarding and, and try to tighten the screws a bit on potential regulation i think more will come out later but it was like uh, a, a one two three punch i'd say for onboarding fiat to, to crypto in the past week. yeah i mean you could say that you know the part of the reason that maybe crypto has run is, uh, you know, being able to own your assets. Uh, you can see the benefits versus putting it in a bank where even there, you don't actually own your assets and the, uh, <laughs> they don't, the funds aren't necessarily sitting there in an account ready for everybody to, 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 um, to withdraw at any moment. So people learned that pretty quickly on, I guess that was Thursday last week. It feels like we need to learn this like every you know decade or so where it's like, oh, proof of assets, that's a real thing. And so if I put my money in a thing, crypto starts looking pretty mm -hmm. interesting. And look, here's what happened. 2008, you can go back, you can look at the charts, but that's when crypto gets a real pulse, when the banking system was questioned and it's happening again. And so I am not surprised. I'm actually surprised we didn't see a bigger pump and a flight to at least confidence of an asset inside of there. Um, but, you know, to to be seen, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot we're not, coming. We're not from, done, though. Yeah, we're not at all through this. I think there's a lot uh, more coming from uh, sort of the macro perspective, especially with the news of Credit Suisse. And I, I 
looks like uh, <laughs> um, uh, First Republic now is being essentially bailed out by big banks, which I don't fully understand. So I think this is this is gonna we're gonna see a lot more to this whole thing before uh, before we can say we're through all of the um, the, the the bank. Um, I don't know, we should say closures, but we'll have a lot of changes in the, the banking landscape, I would say, uh, coming up. But, you know, I think you've got a good topic here. We'll kind of talk about how, uh, you know, how a bank, an NFT bank run might look or what that might look like. Um, before we get to that, uh, we do have um, some headlines here. Oh, man, and we got to start with <laughs> with the company officially known as Meta. They are uh, winding down their NFT efforts. You know, of course, this is Facebook, other, otherwise known as Facebook, Instagram, the company behind all of those. They are now winding down their, their NFT efforts. Seems like maybe they've caught the AI bug and uh, have focused uh, there instead. <laughs> so I don't know, playing to where the puck is. No, that's not where playing to the... That's where the puck just was. This company <laughs> is such a tourist. It is impressive. I just really, like, here's the fact pattern. One, 3A NFT has a longer name recognition period of time than Meta, okay? <laughs> like, let's just start with that. This amazing podcast, which thank you for listening, has a longer track record. Because I remember, but Neri, like, about, you know, two years ago when Meta became Meta as a result of trying to chase down being a web three company and a double down on the metaverse. Remember the whole metaverse and how everyone was buying digital land and how NFTs are a critical part of digital ownership. You know how all that works and we're going to bet the farm and change our entire name. Guys, we gave it a solid 18 months of effort and we're going to pack up our toys and go and pick another direction. What's that shiny in the corner? Is that AI? I'm coming. I'm coming. What? I mean, what a tourist. It's breathtaking. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that it does much to the NFT landscape. I, you know, it doesn't mean much to me in terms of what it means for the future of NFTs. We certainly hadn't seen much uh, impact from from Facebook's presence or Instagram's presence in the space. Um, so, from that perspective, I'm not at all concerned. Um, this is, you know, I think it's more of a, a bad look for them at this point than than no. a bad look for NFTs. <laughs> it's a genuine gift. It is a genuine gift that Mark Zuckerberg is moving away from NFTs. And I mean this with all sincerity of somebody who I in my past have built applications on top of the rapidly changing Facebook landscape and watch them rug and rug and rug and take from whatever community they bump into to maximize their time on site and their own shitty ad network. Actually, no, their ad network is the only thing that's not shitty about them. Like, just truth be told, I respect their ad game. That's the only thing that thing is useful for. But honestly, it is a blessing. I'm sad for the NFT-focused influencers and artists that were probably relying on some of that, that were getting launched, that were in that list. You know, I think, you know, somebody on the, somebody was building. There weren't very many. That was the place. (laughs) I mean, if there were a lot. They wouldn't be shutting this down, you know? I'm just trying to dig in my bag for some empathy somewhere. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Rather than just all all hatred. All right. And on to, of course, the the Yuga category of news, because we have to talk about them every week. So this, they've got their new project, Yuga Summon. What is the actual project? It's the Summoning Project here. But it seems that 
this is right on the heels of the uh, their Ordinals project um, that they just launched, which was uh, this is the Bitcoin-based uh, NFT project, 12-fold, um, that they launched recently uh, to very high. We talked about the, the auction method. Um, maybe we'll start more with this this piece, this, this is a generative piece of art. It was, looks like sort of uh, little bubbles in different colors and shapes in a, a square grid. Um, these were revealed. Uh, let's say collectors were unimpressed. Um, you know, you, you of course are, <laughs> you can judge for yourself. You can take a look at them if you haven't seen them already. Um, it's, you know, it does feel a bit like it was rushed out uh, to try to be one of the early projects on uh, one of the early generative art projects on the uh, the ordinals or on the Bitcoin network here, and yeah, it's it's not the most uh, most impressive um, artwork, um, you know. And they followed this up with their uh, new project, the uh, summoning project here. So <laughs> there's a bit of um, uh, maybe exhaustion of the uh, the Yuga brand, um, you know. And this is from a an NFT landscape that is very heavily Yuga dominated already. Um, so to release two new projects, uh, <laughs> one after another, it's, uh, you know, it seems like there's, uh, or, you know, reading NFT Twitter, um, there's definitely some, some feed or some pushback against uh, so many projects at one time and maybe not enough focus on, um, on the core projects that they have put, um, so many, so many marketing efforts into. Yeah, I here's the part of me that respects the game though. It's not it seems to be building on top of the series of mini games, right? So the sewer pass is your you know, your key, but yeah. there's this is like a, another game in the series, right? Cuz mini games mm -hmm. have a a short half-life, high burn rate of customers. What does that mean? It just is that this game is fun for like all of 37 minutes and then I'm like I get it. I make thing go jump up down and I don't die. Okay, right? So if you're not going all in on a MMORG, if you're not doing an epic game situation, this is actually the strategy I would employ. However, this is the, when we were talking about the eight ways Yuga could, could bite the dust, or I'd say Board Ape could go to zero, here's the problem. You are on a treadmill, and you are on a treadmill of giveaways. You provide value, certainly not in giving folks money or real like sort of access to events or things like that. What you're doing is airdrop after airdrop after access after airdrop and if that party stops questions get asked and so you know we're, we're watching that treadmill that's i think what, what's going on but i actually I, I respect the the sequencing of games rather than just you know swoop and poop on ordinals which How i about think that this? last project kind of was yeah, that Ordinals project I felt like was rushed out um certainly not part of of the plan as uh yeah, the plan was launched well before they, they knew of this technology. So um, you can definitely say that that one is maybe more of a distraction um, than the uh, the core uh, focus of, of what they are working on, even if it is multiple um, steps to this game. And speaking of NFT games, we've got so Square Enix's NFT game is out. And uh, let's see, this is thegamer.com calling it the worst thing I've ever seen. I've read a lot of headlines <laughs> about this. It's pretty bad. Quotes. It really it really feels like so the idea is that there are 10,000 collectibles in this game. And, you know, there's a 
10,000 PFP type of, you know, it's certainly inspired by 10,000 PFP uh, um, NFT sets. So that's, it seems like the game is heavily focused on that part. It was almost like they started with the collectible idea and figured how do we build a game around this? And that seems very different than uh, what we've talked about in the past of people or players being able to own their assets that they are already sort of earning, that they're putting their time into, uh, their time and skills into to getting through the game. Um, this seems like it's a game made to collect uh, NFTs, which, you know, if you want to do that, you can just collect NFTs. There's there's that game already. <laughs> there you go. Listen to this podcast and just buy everything we say. And then yell well, at us when it hold on, goes hold down. On. Hold on, this is not financial <laughs> advice. This is not a game. This is this is my life. Yeah. So I mean, we, we've talked a little bit about how we think it's it's more likely that we're going to see some of the, these uh, small micro games, these uh, mobile based games that are are more likely to kind of crack through in Web three before a full fledged um, full fledged game uh, where it's. It's just it's it's hard right now to see how you get people to buy into it. There's a lot of backlash already, and if you're designing the game with with NFTs in mind first, I mean, it, it just sounds like the wrong model from from the start. Um, so it, it's not too surprising here. Um, you know, I, I do still think that there's potential with with uh, micro games and uh, mobile game uh, type of. NFT applications. Yeah, I wanted to throw in one extra one. I, I, I dropped into the news here about Epic Games. And, you know, they kind of had this like block party situation in September where they launched a game that was like unimpressive, you know, based mm-hmm. on critics and also uh, just unimpressive. But, you know, they were talking, you know, I think they were at ETH Denver also talking to two folks in the sector. But apparently word has it they've got like 20 games, 20 games coming that have NFT, you know, characters, collectibles, elements to them. However, they are very shy. They're very shy about making it like financially motivated, which is exactly it. Like like the game we all play that's financially motivated is called work. And it involves playing a game called I sit on Zoom all day and then I get right. checked. Right? That's the game. Right? And so you have to be game entertainment uh, first. And that's that's art. And the fact that they have 20 games coming is interesting because I think it ties into the mini game element and the sort of like, all right, we can't, you know, we, we don't want to bet the farm on an MMORG, but like it's totally possible to maybe sequence some of these things together and, you know, have missions across things. I'm curious. I mean, I, um, I'm a pony man, though. That's all I can say about it. I'm a pony man. All right. Uh, so we've got some NFT art news. And uh, this is a little bit unfortunate. We talked about this last week. This is involving the artist Claire Silver, who we talked about uh, was set to dis- We talked about a, a news item that she was set to display some of her works at the Louvre in Paris. And it uh, turns out... She- there was a misunderstanding. I don't know. I'm not going to say who exactly got it all wrong, but there was certainly a misunderstanding between the organization behind Paris Blockchain Week, who had contacted uh, Claire Silver, the artist, um, and uh, they had they had said that they were holding this event at, let's see, the Carousel de Louvre, and 
seems like I'm not exactly sure if, if it was either misrepresented or just a misunderstanding um, that it was uh, understood from Claire Silver's team's side that it was actually at the Louvre that that news was put out. Um, we did actually mention that on our last podcast as well. It was not there, but there were uh, there's been a lot of backlash against her for claiming that she was going to be there. Um, you know, it does seem like she legitimately thought that that was what was that was the the, <laughs> um, the circumstance here. Oh, so it's no. pretty unfortunate. I think I s- I think I see what happened. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. So, just frankly, as a as a U.S. citizen, if someone said I was going to be shown at the Carousel de Louvre, I'd be like, "Great, that must be a wing of the Louvre." I know, like, but apparently, kind of like you know, the shopping mall of the Metropolitan Museum of Art is actually a shopping mall. This is just a shopping mall with also the illustrious name of the Louvre there. So. Uh, except no substitutes, uh, substitutes, I suppose. Oh, that's yeah. tough though. Yeah. Get that on chain verification, you know, I'm going to Disneyland mom <laughs> in the metaverse. Oh, <laughs> all right. So we've talked a bit about Moonbirds the last few weeks. Uh, there was one whale who had about 500 at five, exactly 500 of these sold them all, uh, in one a couple hours there, which I was impressed that there was the liquidity for this, but it really, uh, really hit the price. I think that got down to about four and a half, four point six ETH. Um, Moonbirds, Moonbirds and Proof has been on you know quite a roller coaster, or it, I don't know if I should even say roller coaster, um, maybe a downward trajectory lately. Um, this was certainly one of the I don't want to say blue chip but it was it was one of the premier projects and uh you know they've had a lot of uh hmm what what would you say they've had a lot of maybe missteps along the way and uh this this doesn't look real good it's uh, you know they've they've announced that the projects are are the the proof projects come to the end it converts to moonbirds but it's hard to see the the long-term value of of moonbirds uh when you um, seen the price drop as much as it has and interest waning. Um, I'm, I'm not calling the end of this at all. I don't, um, I don't hate Moonbirds. I'm not a holder. I've never been a holder. It's, uh, you know, it's just, it, it, it surprised me when I saw, when I did take a look at the, the floor price over time and how, um, how bad that has gotten, um, over the last few months. <laughs> not It's, it's a tough story here, right? Cause it, it has to do really with, when you're buying an NFT project and it is based on the founder, the energy, vision, and execution of the founder, and that's what you're betting on. Let's just be clear. Like this is almost this type of project might as well be venture capital, where you're putting in money into a company with a high probability of failure, but the chance to go parabolic if they get it right, if they have the energy, if they can build the team, if 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 their wallet doesn't get wiped out by a hacker. And so, look, I think there's been a couple big blows here. One is that a lot of the darts thrown in terms of innovation by Kevin Rose to try to build on Moonbirds and network have kind of fallen a bit flat. Conference fallen flat. The oddities were like really odd, frankly. And 
then you you pair that with an economic downturn you then pair that with his just his wallet getting swiped and i think the the community reads that and it's frankly look it's it's a fickle market. It's something that you can get turned on very quickly. Like, I mean, frankly, the, we're watching the banking industry, but when you have somebody drop 500 of the project, this is a reminder to look at the distribution of holders and the power that that ultimately has. I get very nervous in any project when I see holders that are, you know, basically able to, with a you know, stroke of a signature, move a market that fast if they lose confidence. But net net, I'm sorry. I'm like sad to see this actually because I thought Kevin Rose could have built a rival to Yuga, and that would have been healthier for the ecosystem. We may have to discuss that uh, point of um, how many people it takes to to uh, get a negative price movement going later on in the episode mm. as we talk about a bank run here. It's not necessarily one person that has enough there's just a fear that the price is going to continue to go down (laughs) (laughs) we're not gonna make it the price goes down and maybe there's just not enough there's just nothing left for you in the end you know that there's uh that everybody else gets the liquidity before you're able to yeah but we'll get to that anyway what else do we have here oh man so another project that maybe isn't an NFT project any longer. What's going on with Doodles? I, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure this out myself. They're no longer an NFT project. The community is upset. This is what the founders have said. Have you? Can you? I look. To, here's what. Can you here, fill let's us play, in at all? Let's let's read between the lines, or <laughs> let's read the lines. We're trying. I'm quoting. We're trying to go from a startup to a leading media franchise. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. Let's see. All right. Trying to go to a media franchise. We are no longer an NFT project. One of the founders wrote, the more time, money, resources we invest in the follow in following the latest build in public trends that fuel speculation, the less we have to achieve our long term vision. We're not going to spend any resources appeasing those with financial motivations. <laughs> we never have and never will. If we are going to focus energy on any group of people, it will absolutely be our most loyal collectors. Question. If you're no longer investing in the value of the project, how are you going to be helping the most loyal collectors? Because in part, you are delivering value. Maybe the value comes in story. Maybe the value comes in the actual price. Maybe it comes in airdrops. Like, I, you know, I get it. Like, everyone has had that sort of like, oh, that's so funny. This project will deliver absolutely zero economic value whatsoever. Um, That's fine. But it feels, look, here's the thing. If your collectors are angry and frustrated and surprised, you've done it wrong. How about that? Right? Whatever you have established as the norm for what and how the project was going to be built, it, you know, it seems like, you know, I didn't want that toy, sour grapes, like, we're not happy with how growth's going, so we're going to pivot. So I think there are other ways to pivot. Um, this just seems like, you know, I'm taking my toys and leaving the sandbox, even though you can't, you, you get, you can't get rid of them. You could get rid of, I don't know if they're IPFS or not. I think they are, but I mean, you can't delete your project. <laughs> it actually, do you think this makes it more likely that the NFTs could be considered securities 
if you're really, if they're saying there's no NFT project, you're really just investing in a company that needs to deliver value Uh, later. Well, that's a big problem. I mean, just so a, I, mean, it's, I have no idea. Expectation I'm, I'm definitely of, not a lawyer, but the idea that it's yeah. not an NFT I do project play one on all, a podcast. They raised, they raised money from an NFT release and now don't want to run an NFT project and instead want to run a company. I don't know. I mean, I guess there's there's not necessarily any promise that that value we would deliver back to the, uh, the NFT holders. So there's that for you if you're a doodles holder. Yeah. Okay. surprise we're a media company now all right anyway another media company playboy you know the the magazine that everybody reads for the articles for the articles i think or something it's an informational resource (laughs) they had an (laughs) nft drop collected let's see how many eat this was but I'll, i'll get to the Oh, where is it? They collected. Oh, it doesn't have the look. They ended up losing five million dollars on their NFT drop because they, or they lost five million on the uh, the uh, ETH, not on the actual drop. I can't. They lost five million in value from when they held their mint to when uh, until now <laughs> they've held it the whole time. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, that's. Hey, diamond hands, right? <laughs> or someone that just, you know, they don't know what to do and didn't realize that they had it, maybe. <laughs> oh, that stinks, actually. They didn't, yeah. Yeah, no, they just, they, that's like, um, I think that's, you know what it is? That's a clever way to write an article. Like, price yeah, of everyone's really hoping the, the drops. number of, uh, the, the number of actual ETH that were raised would be included in that article, and it wasn't. I thought it was with all those charts. They still didn't do that. All right. Um, looks like that's all of the the news items that we have. Uh, so I think you mentioned um, going over the the new Starbucks NFT as a, a project to uh, to feature here. Um, what can okay. you what What do you know about it so far? Okay. So the Starbucks Odyssey experience started last year late last year in like december basically they just recently had 2000 nfts sell out in like 20 minutes at a hundred dollars a pop i think they're trading in around six hundred dollars now i want to be very clear you get zero lattes for these however what you do get to go on is an experience powered by web3 hmm how about that (laughs) so it seems like, you know, they uh, they have a, a loyal customer base and frankly, uh, they are launch, launching this Starbucks Odyssey series and you collect these stamps along the way. And so this was the most recent uh, of these stamps and it's Polygon based, as I like to say, but uh, you get these bonus points toward the overall point total and these journey stamps are, you know, collectibles. Yes, they are. Look, I don't know much about Starbucks program. Hold other on, than I, I found some benefits. Popular. I found some benefits. You ready for some wait, benefits? I, oh, they have announced benefits. Hold on, wait for it. The benefits and experience could have the possibility oh, ranging right. from, wait for it, a virtual espresso martini making class 
at the lower level to access also unique merchandise and artist collaborations to invitations to exclusive events at Starbucks Reserve Roasteries or even trips to Starbucks, Hacienda, blah, 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 Costa Rica at the highest levels. Okay. All right. So hold on. I'll be the first one to poop on silly things, but the artist collaboratives could be very interesting. Could be very interesting if these things. So I'm going to say as an affordable project for $600, maybe a little high, but I would just take a take a quick peek because it seems like they have, we should like figure out who's running the show over there and see if they have like an artist, a, a NFT artist eye because look, if $600 gave me access to like drop in on a, on a X copy or a Claire Silver who was recently featured at Le Carousel de Louvre. I don't know if you've heard it. It's a very prestigious shopping mall. <laughs> <laughs> they have croissants. Oh. I believe. I'm sorry. Call that. <laughs> oh, Claire. Oh, man. No. <laughs> no. Uh, hold on. So here's my here's my here's my pitch. Just on the sort of collector side, um, it might be very interesting to see if it's an artist collab- collaborative because I think they could pull in a big name. They wouldn't pull in a small name because of the brand value of Starbucks and who they associate with. How about that? Yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah, there's definitely potential value there. I maybe I'll go. Pick this one is up. not financial advice, but he's <laughs> I, he's thinking about it more than he was five minutes ago. I, I you're right. I definitely am thinking about it more than I was five minutes ago. I know how to. I know, um, I know how to pique your interest. <laughs> one. Yeah, I don't know if it's fully uh, NFT. One other news item for. Got to mention the Arbitrum airdrop has uh, been announced, or I think the first one is actually live now. The claim, yeah. Um, so not directly NFT related, but they do have some some NFTs over there um, worth checking your wallet if you haven't yet um, to see if you did. You know, well, it's the Arbitrum coin, right? It it's their the it's like the Arbitrum coin, right? What is it called? Yeah, yeah, their native token. To- to- Token, that would be. Token. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I'd say rule number one of if somebody hands you a bunch of free money and then you watch them hand free money to a bunch of other people, um, I would sell that money for real money and then come back around later and decide if you want to get in on that. That's that's the standard rule of, I'd say, when somebody hands a whole bunch of people uh, pat, Patty's dollars, Patty bucks. You, you exchange those Patty bucks for beer. Happy, by the way. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I wish I had more of a NFT theme shamrock or something or another. I'm sure somebody's hawking something. All right, we're ready to go into our, yeah, uh, it's our just topic the theme or are you getting some ARB? Um, no ARB. Yeah, let's go into our theme here. Um, you know, the, well, the theoretical for now idea of an NFT bank run. <laughs> Look, there's different ways of parsing it. And if you have been watching, again, any of the financial news about how uh, FOMO can spread even in the you know the most diamond of hands, which are like people who are depositing money in a bank. You know we have the the questioning of the security of an asset, the value that it has is dependent on the brand management and frankly just the the assets being held by a bank. And when those fall into question, it actually reminded me a lot of like when we see like NFT bank runs, and we're watching that actually with something like Moonbirds, where you have 
large investors signaling. But the thing is, the FOMO spreads so much faster because unlike the bank runs where, you know, it was a lot of VCs going back and forth on Telegram saying, pull your money now. I heard things here and here. What it happens on the blockchain is it's instantly known and panic, you know, it's panic brought to you by the blockchain, which is literally at the speed of transactions. And so I'd say the NFT audience is all too familiar with this. But that's, again, when we come back to the distribution of holders. As, as far as you can tell, unique wallets, that is a signal of health. One signal of health. I mean, panic can still spread very quickly for other reasons. But uh, when you start to see people move large amounts, it's just, I think, uh, bank runny, very bank runny. Yeah, absolutely. The The public nature of this is really something different than, than the banks. Um, you know, I think that's actually something that played into the, the Silicon Valley bank run here was the, the public nature of people calling this out on Twitter, saying that they were telling, I mean, people like Peter Thiel were telling, saying that they were instructing their uh, VC companies to withdraw their funds. And that's, you know, that is the same idea. You're, there's others reacting to this because they know it. I mean, typically, if somebody goes and withdraws, I mean, even a large amount from, from a bank, it's no one's going to know this for at least a few days. I mean, even if, if it's a significant amount and we're talking about hundreds of millions, you know, there's generally someone's going to to get wind of some of these transfers, but it's not immediately. It's not that everybody's reacting to it in real time. And that's we, we had a mini I mean, we had a version of that. I think we can have a much bigger version. We, we see how quickly things happen in crypto. Um, I've, I think that there's, in crypto, you, you tend to notice that there actually are opportunities to act on uh, some of these, mm, let's see, uh, some of these unique circumstances that maybe happen. There's, it's, it's, there's more time than in, uh, than in maybe the, um, regulated financial markets uh, where these things get arbitraged away almost immediately. Um, but you do see that people react so quickly to what others are doing. And a big part of that is the on-chain nature of being able to see what others are doing, see that it's happening. Um, you know, with NFTs, you're going to, to OpenSea or something and seeing that these uh, these transactions are going through. And that we know, we everybody that's been in this knows that play, the, the, the psychological nature of um, of how many other people are doing something plays into decisions <laughs> quite uh, quite a lot in, in the NFT marketplace. Yeah. Some other parallels here is uh, you touched on it earlier with regard to liquidity, right? And so if you are looking at it, what happened was, well, Silicon Valley Bank, Silvergate, and maybe Signature, question mark, but they fell into receivership because they couldn't keep up with the request for deposits. They didn't have enough liquidity. And the same thing basically can happen when there are no buyers left, right? It takes two people to sign that sign that contract. And so one of those health indicators that you can be looking at when you look at an NFT project are what are the total amount of bids, right? Sure, there's going to be a spread of people uh, up and down, but if it's thin on bids, it means that actually there's not a lot of liquidity. You mentioned it yourself saying, I'm actually shocked. There were 500 buyers ready to pick up Moonbirds at that falling price. That's really impressive. That is not common. 
Yeah, you know, I would say that Blur has actually done a lot to increase the liquidity in the NFT marketplace. Uh, part of that is through incentives. And at the same time, it has greatly increased the the immediate liquidity available. Uh, you've seen, you see more recently, people are, are playing these games where they're maybe even bidding slightly over asking price, um, over, I'm sorry, you know, asking uh, floor price because they can get more rewards if they get a bid to go through than if they just buy a piece outright. So it may be worth spending. Wait a minute, what? <laughs> this is a blur tactic? Yeah, yeah, I should have found a good article on this. So yes, there are people now bidding. What? Let's say bid over price, floor. Yeah, let's say the price is, you know, one ETH. Uh, they might bid 1.03 because that they you know, because they expect to get over 3% back in uh, blur rewards um you know it, it's bigger than that uh, as far as you know what they're expecting to get back um but they're playing that game of <laughs> if i if i put enough volume through on my account it will it'll pay off in the end um so it has uh, you know it, it i it, for one uh, getting back to where i started i think it has actually greatly increased the the amount of liquidity available for for some of the premier projects especially um Something like Moonbirds. I mean, I, I don't think that, that was that you generally. Sorry, I know you didn't see that on OpenSea, partially because you really you were able to put one bid in um, not that long ago on OpenSea. You could put one bid at a time. You can now put multiple bids in, or you can put a um, the same the same bid in for multiple quantities on OpenSea. But I think that's also influenced by by these competitors coming in and and pushing OpenSea to to introduce these new features. Um, you know, I. <laughs> We've seen that Blur has really catered to a small, very small number of traders, and it's been a huge amount of the volume. And uh, you know, I think OpenSea is now maybe reacting to that a little bit more than they had been. Um, but yeah, in general, like the, the liquidity um, for for five hundred Moonbirds to go. I mean, let's say that there are about five, you know, five each. I mean, that, that's that's twenty five hundred each just sitting there i mean that that's that's a lot in the moonbirds collection that we were also just saying has a waning interest yeah yeah well look you have a cycle you have an opportunity to cycle in new holders um with uh, a different you know base price point and expectation uh the other the other thing that's kind of like maybe a stretch but hear me out on the parallel is uh fdic fdic at the two hundred and fifty thousand dollar level right the federal <laughs> insurance for for depositors is sometimes mimicked, I think, when projects agree on like, you know, here's the floor and it won't go below it. And that has kind that of go? happened sometimes. <laughs> I mean, look, it, it means that usually that's the people in the DAO saying like, hey, we should, you know, prop up the floor. But alternatively, here was a similar thing that um, Little Nouns did, which was mm. they realized they were saturating the market with these like constant um, with these constant auctions that were actually sort of devaluing things. So they just set the mark. Like if you are not ready to jump in at 0.15, like the, you know, the auctions halted. And, and so there's well, some ways of, I think of the uh, secondary is that. still floating around there, I think too. Right. So it had, but it you, had this weird sort of like secondary effect of creating this floor, right? Because you're like, all right, if you, if you want one, you could go mint one over here, but, it, it had a, a sort of stopping power on it. Anyway, I did something funny. Are you ready? 
the final thing is like we were talking about these like uh, digital, you know, digital assets and USDC like unpegged. We didn't talk about that. That was terrifying. It was over after, you know, the the funds were realized that SVB would get uh, back. So, you know, it dropped to like 88 cents, uh, you know, 0.88, which it shouldn't do, but it's back in action and that's fine. But hypothetically, I asked <laughs> ChatGPT4, the smartest AI, about whether, um, whether or not it, which, which projects, which NFT projects it would choose to be a store of value um, in in the same way that like a bank buys T bills or something. So, one, this is kind of interesting just to see like you know these models have ingested the entire internet however many times over. Here's what ChatGPT four thinks about uh, <laughs> the top four projects it would invest in if it needed to do a bank. Um, alrighty. NFTs are a unique digital asset class that have been growing in popularity. Um, however, that being said, uh, whatchamacallit, and, uh, some NFT growing. projects have shown strong price appreciation could be considered potential stores of value. It is important to note the value of NFTs, like any investment, can fluctuate greatly. There's no guarantee of reward. So I like that it like tossed in this like gar- like this uh, concern. So all right. Here, that being said, here are the four NFT projects that could be considered potential stores of value. <laughs> CryptoPunks, number one. One of the earliest, most popular, blah, 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 8-bit characters. All right, fine. Next one, Art Blocks. Okay, number two, Art Blocks. Platform for generative art NFTs created through algorithms rather than individual artists. Uh, platform gained popularity. Uh, I would have agreed. Uh, I would have agreed on that one, and I would have agreed on CryptoPunks. Number yeah, three, okay. however, <laughs> Board Ape Yacht Club. Board Ape Yacht Club is a collection of unique hand-drawn ape NFTs. Project has gained significant following since some apes have sold for a high price. Yeah, I disagree, ChatGPT. All right, and number four, okay. <laughs> this is a wild card. Axie Infinity. What? Axie Infinity is a blockchain-based game that allows players to collect and battle creatures called Axies. Axies, represented as NFTs, can be bought and sold on various marketplaces. The game has gained a large following, and some Axies have sold for significant amounts. Again, it's important to note that NFTs are a new and volatile asset class. Investing in them carries risk. Always recommended to do thorough research and consult with a financial advisor before making any investment decisions. There you have it. Yeah. Two what would you change? What four? would you? Yeah, I I would change those last two, but I don't know that punks and art blocks. I think are pretty solid picks here. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah something correct. like autoglyphs. Um, I think would I would get in there. Um, maybe. Um, I guess I'd say some x copy or something like that you know some of the the artist specific uh type of type of stuff i I would probably throw in there as well but you know a little harder to say one specific artist in this uh versus a category yeah i mean the artist here's the thing like sort of auto yeah the x copy carries the risk of you know they do something terrible right And and then what do you say for a group of artists because it's hard to make that group without knowing that you're playing. I guess, I mean, it's it, it just a squiggle play. Number two is just a squiggle play. Just go get squiggles, <laughs> I guess. Art blocks, you mean? Uh, art blocks, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, something like anything else, I think you're... Yeah, you're, you're taking a bet on a single artist. Um, and otherwise, you're going into a pool of artists where you're probably losing you know, a lot of the, the potential gains in some way. Um, if you're just generally categorizing, uh, categorizing a, a group of artists. Yeah. I would say maybe 
like the the Fidenza seems to have held up pretty incredibly. Oh, but, so, uh, yeah, Art Block projects. Yeah, Art Blocks projects. Autoglyphs, I think, you know, as far as one of their, I mean, uh, one of the early generative art projects. Um, you know, that was also the uh, the the uh, the punks team behind that one. So you know, outside of the art blocks uh, ecosystem, but you know, in the art blocks one, de- yeah, definitely uh, something like Ringers, um, uh, Fidenza, like you mentioned, um, Squiggles. Yeah, um, I'd go in buy a whole bunch of Nakamoto ponies, Genesis Z ones, just let them run. Yeah, and I, you just know it's up, hard. I just pick up the bottom quartile of the market and just be like, "There you go. If this game is going to survive, it's going to need these horses." <laughs> you know, and there, I think there are probably others that we don't necessarily. Like, I think there's other PFP type projects that can still enter this type of category, or you know, enter this list, get onto this list. I think it's just too early for most of them to to even be considered. Um, at this point, you know, they're just so young, uh, you know, I, I don't have a lot of confidence in most of them and the ones that do make it through, I mean, that, that actually is, it, it makes them that much stronger because they have survived when all the others have, uh, or, you know, eventually will have died. <laughs> um, I was super tempted to say Moonbirds cause they, they never go below 0.3. Actually, I'm going to go check. <laughs> I don't think you mean Moonbirds. I think you mean Mooncats. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Mooncast. Sorry, sorry, not Moonbirds. I was, I had, I had the wrong point moon, moon. three. I was gonna say, how'd they get down that far? Already, <laughs> oh man. boy! Oh no! <laughs> All right, Mooncast are down to point two three, but that project just lives in in that. So range. you know, it should say that there was quite a a drop in many of the major projects over the weekend with all of the news. You know, there was a bit you know, when you've got these these. Uh, let's see any of these, these, this is the first time that somebody's come up that has scared people in, in, you know, to maybe want to get out of crypto, but when these do happen, you know, it's almost like there's two steps. You've got to get out of your NFT, go figure out, you know, how you're going to sell that and then go trade that back to, well, to fiat, you know, from ETH to fiat, you know, you've really got a few steps here. So there's, there does tend to be that bank run type of feel where you start seeing everybody selling, thinking that, you know, maybe this is like, this is the end of crypto or something. And there was a reaction to many uh, NFT projects that you saw 20, 30% uh, negative downturns. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's your point that actually ETH volatility is not NFT's friend. And right. I think yeah. I think when people start, to, it's not like they like, oh, my NFT is going away. It's more this like, holy cow! I remember two thousand eight, and if the banking system is in peril, and frankly, you're looking at stores of value on the chain, I happen to think ETH may appreciate faster than the value of my NFT in in these weird, unique scenarios, and that's not the wrong thought, actually. Yeah, it's, you know, it's hard to know exactly, you know, the ones that I think promise specific rewards for the asset are generally going to face a harder time when the value increases because those, 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 those benefits generally aren't increasing in value as much as the value of ETH is. Now, there are, you know, we've seen how it doesn't always hold true at all and there's I don't know. You've seen many times where the price will, the price of ETH will shoot up, 
then sort of plateau for a bit and and people are still excited and and you'll get some projects still shooting up so um it's not necessarily always a, a negative um but it definitely definitely had some some so we're sellers coming out over the yeah, weekend. Look, I think that's I think that's the narrative. That's ninety percent of the narrative right there. Um, it, it's not like a loss in faith in in NFTs as as a medium. You know, maybe some of the Zucker pants thing had a, an impact on like, oh gosh, they're like they're like not yeah. investing. That may have had a little scare factor. It certainly had no lift on it. So whatever. All right. Yeah. Um, people should are still we here. On- I- should we bring our, our guest? Uh, do you think we'll have enough time for Vitalik? Or maybe we should push him because uh, he's waiting to jump on. Because <laughs> I know you ran so, into him. Yeah. And... <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I think we're running out of time. <laughs> Sorry, Vitalik. <laughs> oh, man, so I know Outer Edge LA is going on this week. I'm kind of bummed I'm not going to get down there. I was trying to figure out a way to get down there. That's what NFT LA is. But I'm, I'm, I'm impressed there's so many... Uh, NFT conferences, events still going on. There's still a lot happening. Um, you know, there's there's things there's things going on even as you see all the negative headlines um, or calling the whole uh, NFT. I don't know the NFT. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's much dead. written I've about my, my death. Uh, the rumors right, of my I'm death are greatly exaggerated. Over, but um, yeah, there's there's still stuff happening. Um, so we're still talking about it and. Keeping on and we officially out. lasted longer, <laughs> longer than Facebook did with its investment exactly. in NFTs. We are yep. still going. I think we should, maybe we should run a Facebook ad saying in NFTs for longer <laughs> than Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> or <laughs> doing NFTs longer than, oh, I'm changing that to the tagline. <laughs> doing NFTs. We've been doing metaverse longer than meta. <laughs> yes, there you go. There it is. <laughs> there it is. We're going to shop it a little bit. That's that's it. Uh, all right. Well, see you out there. Good luck. All right. Good talking, George. And uh, thanks for listening. Sorry, Vitalik. Yeah, sorry, Vitalik. Yeah, you right. We just ran out of time. The big NFT fan he is, you know. This has been an episode of the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.